Uh, traditionally, Harvey would come to the table with beats and I would sing over them. And there would be a lot of um, luck in what would work. Mushroom, this is some of my best work. I'm your host, Jane Rocker. Melbourne pop duo client liaison picked peak corporate mythology in Strictly Business, the work they've chosen as some of their best. Client Liaison had a beat they liked with a bit of an 80s vibe, a producer and a studio in Byron Bay. Strictly Business came together quickly from there. While it was a new song in 2021, fans of the band will find it to be familiar territory. The song and the video clip draw in so many elements that Monty and Harvey have been collecting over the years, in particular corporate mythology. Apologies for some of the audio quality on this episode. It doesn't get in the way of a great story from the guys, but we wanted to mention it just the same. Here's Monty Morgan first and Harvey Miller from Client Liaison and some of their best work, Strictly Business, taken from their album, Divine Intervention. This one started with a friend of ours, Dan Hume, is a producer. So we started writing it in Byron Bay. We had this old beat from a drum beat, like a groove from a song called Take a Chance. Dan started playing guitar over it and had this really groovy, funky riff. It was that moment that I guess the line was crossed with the song and we kind of, our feet started tapping and we found the sound of it. We had a week in Byron Bay at a studio called music farm we were planning to write a song a day with Dan Hume it's kind of a jack of all trades we had this beat and this guitar going and we were like this has got this real Huey Lewis and the news feel and then we started talking about 80s films and started talking about films with live animation in them like uh, Who Framed Rod Roger Rabbit so we we're like looking through YouTube clips as we we're playing the loop of the guitar and the beat and we, we were like, oh, it's, we started going through eight classic 80s films and I think Risky Business was came up. And then we were like, oh, Strictly Business. The song came together very quickly, actually. It was pretty much in a few hours that morning. It was our second day with Dan Hume there. It's quite normal that the first day you're kind of finding your feet and everyone's a bit nervous to get something down. And we didn't even have a full day the first day. So it felt like our first proper day. And the chorus came quite quickly. Dan created some chords for the verse, which was really cool. We sketched out a basic verse, chorus, and a breakdown feel. And we tracked that, started working on the production. We had a, a Juno synth there, which we comped chords with to flesh it out and put bass on. And because we were going so quickly, that's, you know, that's as far as we got on that song. I remember at the end of the week, we flew back to Sydney for a show 
we had all the demos from every day. We had five songs from the day and this one really stood out and I just remember it giving me tingles. I just remember crying in my seat in the plane, being so blown away by the, the groove and the, the mood of the song. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful story. We worked in Melbourne on it in a studio in South Melbourne. We had, a stu- we had our own studio around the corner with our wardrobe and our management and our live rehearsals going on there. And we hired a studio in South Melbourne called The Bass. It's known as like a Melbourne hip hop studio, which we kind of liked the idea of us in a hip hop studio. And I think that was part of the inspiration for us writing the rap, that kind of uptown <laughs> funk, braggadigio yeah. vibe with the rap. Uh, the rap took quite a long time, I remember. I remember us finessing every single word to get it right. And we also spent so much time on the intro and the instrumental section. We knew that with the current arrangement, we had to sell those sections because the vocal did all the heavy lifting and the guitar hook did all the heavy lifting. We really wanted that Trevor Horn overproduced intro. And then once we got so deep into all these samples, Harvey was trawling through samples on his computer and he was constantly laying down keys and then putting them into Dan's computer. It became so detailed. Then we need to wait the song on the other end with the instrumental section and the outro. All the bits in the start had a kind of echoed. I remember it put me in the mind of around the twist intro. There's a kind of few weird sound effects um, that happen at the beginning of the uh, yeah the t- kids TV show, and that was a bit of a um, mind headspace for the intro. I love it, and maybe also the way in which you all work together. I mean, you've been making music, particularly you two, for a long time now, and when you've selected this as some of your best work. What have you been able to achieve as an act that you think has only been possible because you've got all that experience behind you now? In terms of songwriting, you're just continually growing with the craft. I remember when we were starting out, the way we would write songs, you know, it was just sort of fumbling to get to the end. And I guess you could say that still is the case now. But we would have these long-winded arrangements and we would do things that in songwriting we just wouldn't do now, like, Right now, we're sort of geared toward pop music principles, you know, with the everyone having a short attention span. So we're just kind of refined our process to just really trying to like uh, trim the fat, focus on the good idea, highlight that as best we can, keep the arrangement short, you know, don't meander with five-minute songs, you know. So we're just really, it's a real skill sort of just getting to the point where we can kind of confidently arrange tracks and confidently right tracks and yeah it's it's become much quicker and it's just a it's just a skill that's um a craft that we've just slowly improved upon and it's 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 much easier now going into sessions than it was when we were first starting out more confidence to just sort of pump it out uh traditionally harvey would come to the table with beats and i would sing over them and there would be a lot of um luck in what would work it would just be would my lyrics match the mood of the beat and if it didn't work it was hard to, sometimes hard to morph the two together. While for this album, we collaborated a lot, but we also just focused on making a really good chorus. I think we achieved that with this song. And once you've got a good chorus, you can do all the rest. You can frame it with nice lyrics and a nice verse, and you can work on the production and the arrangement from there. So we were fairly open-ended and quite minimal in our writing. And then once we knew we had a good song, we would spend weeks and weeks and weeks. This song 
went through so much production. You know, we'd get a bass player came in to play live bass. Harvey would continually give us more samples and more key lines to beef sounds up. And then we would go ahead and strip them all away again. We even turned around and rewrote the lyrics, um, you know, maybe two years after the song was released because it just didn't fit on the album. It wasn't universal. It, was, it started off as more of a love song. It was quite narrow in its scope. So we actually rewrote the verses and they uh, played more into our album, which had like spiritual, you know, the, the chip away at my soul. I think that is a very important line in the song. It's uh, for me that it's got prize, prize uh, track listing. It's number track two on the album. It's always like that kind of the most sugary hit. Yeah. Just really proud of making that song. It's a beautiful song and the video clip is as equally as compelling. I mean, it's just so beautiful to, to watch. Maybe you can take us through that coming together, where it was done and the outfits, you, you know, outfits play a big part in a conversation with you guys. I think in 2018, I interviewed you for Esquire in Singapore because I was at your fashion show in Sydney. Fashion is always part of the conversation when I've spoken to you, but maybe take me through the video clip. I guess the biggest visual uh, comparison would probably be Go West's King of Wishful Thinking, that which is set against a white psych wall with all kinds of situations uh, going down. Uh, Visually, that's probably the biggest comparison, but then we weaved in this idea of the robots and sort of technology overcoming humanity, and that was sort of extrapolated from the, uh, the lyrics. That was all done as well under the restrictions of COVID. I think... We managed to have a permit because, uh, not to go into the <laughs> details, but I think existing productions were allowed to continue on and we had all our content lined up prior to the lockdown. So for what was like quite a big restriction, I think it was we did quite well. And often um, having a restriction on a project or a creative situation can really help. The clip was directed by... Actually, Dan Hume's brother, Peter Hume. I wondered if they were connected. Okay, they are. Yeah, so they they grew up um, in New Zealand and we were in a famous band called Evermore together. And we've actually worked with all the three, the three brothers, the three Hume brothers. So it was quite nice that the song was written and produced with Dan and the clip was directed by Pete. And so we were under a really tight deadline to deliver a clip. Within 12 days, we'd come up with a concept and filmed the whole thing. As Harvey said, the restrictions were kind of important in pulling something together really refined and simple. We only had one location. We had to use some of our existing outfits um, and we looked at our outfits and we're like, we're out of suits. So we decided (laughs) to paint some suits, a new colour, which created this cool skin-like texture. And we got a costume designer, Tristan Seabom, to make robot outfits um, and it was, yeah, a great team effort to pull it all together. It was like a lot of phone conversations, a lot of Zoom conversations. We were throwing around references like King of Wishful Thinking, um, the, the Robin Williams film, Toys, um, yes. with the wind-up keys and the, the costumes. Um, and we also wanted to, because this is our classic client liaison sound and it's classic client liaison themes of corporate mythology, we didn't want to go headstrong into just the 80s so we built a one set with um plaster 
props of like a office set, which we could smash as robots. But then we wanted the other sets to be quite obvious sets and just a piece of grass for playing golf to like some beach balls, beach umbrellas and some lounge chairs. And suddenly we're on a beach. So it's that real, like we're obviously in a studio and this is a performance clip. We're not, this isn't a million dollar on location shoot. Um, This is just a studio and it's just Harvey and myself. And we are client liaison the whole time. We're still performing. We're affected by what's going on around us. But in the end, we're just delivering the song to you. And we know, we know the narrative here. We know that business mixed with pleasure takes its toll. I love it. Tell me a little bit more about this corporate mythology, maybe expanding on that, because we've seen that through the songs that you write. Uh, it's just a constant theme that is kind of close to us. So we wanted to, you know, expand somewhat with the album but at the same time we didn't want to sort of go down some whole new path and alienate our fans so especially with the track listing uh yeah those those themes still remain because it's always been rather close to us you know these it's embedded in the name but um you know all the corporate fraudsters and sort of leans into the old world australiana narrative so yeah it, it was important for us to keep with that you know strictly business I guess is core track that speaks to that but uh yeah it's just sort of continuation on with common themes and narratives are you always working on songs or is it only when you're thinking of an album yeah I mean I'm always writing lyrics and Harvey's always making beats this is one of those songs that when you was so good it had to be on the album and that that's happened with all our releases there's been songs that we've held on to and they form the genesis of the album. The, the concept of the album came later, the divine intervention concept and the kind of pseudo spiritual songs. But it's kind of a nice stage to be where we are, where we've finished an album and we can write whatever we want. We don't know what the next work is and the next body of work. That's where this song came from. It came from that, hey, we know we're writing, we need a whole bunch of songs, but they can be about anything. and they can be about our core core themes or they can be about something completely different. In terms of the music itself and that nostalgia for 80s and 90s, Maybe the first time you discovered 80s music or how that happened for each of you. It was probably, for me, it was more visually. The sound of the loudness, I guess, the array of sound, it's that era because they, you know, used synthesizers heavily. It was very luscious and very attention-grabbing compared to that of, say, grunge music or or pop punk. Also, I was really taken back by just the, the big vocal melodies, the rhythms, the hooks, the melodies it had all the makings of pop music principles. So it was just coming at me on all fronts. And then also the visual was really big. So it was just sort of like, it was just sort of maximum in every category of <laughs> music, aesthetics, the whole multi-sensory experience. So, I mean... You know, that's why people needed wanted a bit of a respite in the 90s and rejected that. But 
yeah, I just remember looking back and being like, damn, it just all went down then. Like nothing was left off the table. So, yeah, that, loosely speaking, that's probably gluttonous approach that was the 80s. We grew up in the 80s and 90s and I've always looked back and found worlds and that's one of my favourite eras, especially the early um, digital synthesizers of the late 80s and early 90s and the use of samples and as Harvey says, the extravagance of it all. Um, because I think there's just a real, there's such a sophisticated sound. I think there's a, there was a similar thing going on with um, disco, with the use of orchestras. Yeah, there was way more individualism. And I don't know, we just, we've gravitated towards that sound amongst others. It's just a really fun sound to keep exploring. Well, thank you both so much for taking part in my podcast. I really appreciate it. And hopefully next time we can do so face-to-face in Melbourne somewhere. Great. Monty Morgan and Harvey Miller, who together are client liaison. Check out the video for Strictly Business by following the link in the episode notes or searching for it on YouTube. Don't forget you can get early access and ad-free episodes by becoming a subscriber to Mushroom Studios on Apple Podcasts. I'm Jane Rocker. Thanks for listening. Listener.